Hey, 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 what's happening? It's YG, and you listening to Behind the Ballers with my Brody, my boy, Ben Baller, yeah. Yo, what up, man? You are listening to Behind the Baller. This is episode 35, live from Dubai. You already know what the fuck it is, man. Yeah. We in the UAE. Um, Let's just get right the fuck into it. Um, We're going to talk about a few things, but instead of me telling you what to look forward to, let's just get into it. You know what I'm saying? Monday Night Football. You already know what the fuck it is. All right? motherfucking Seahawks it wouldn't be Seahawks football without us being scored on immediately happens every fucking game every game is a heart attack we have no easy wins period I don't give a fuck what anybody says we just we play you know what I'm saying we just rise to the occasion we rise to the occasion good bad or whatever so people are like oh you should just fucking defeat everybody we play against everyone else you know we just play against their weakness we make our corrections whatever it may be but again, it wouldn't be Seahawks football if we didn't fucking play catch a ball, which I fucking hate. You know, we can't just go out there and fucking smother a team. But it is what it is. Fucking we play so goddamn conservative sometimes. I really wish we took more fucking chances on fourth and one, fourth and two even, you know. But I will say we are the best second half football team in the NFL, period. To those who still have no fucking idea, who crack me up. They literally kill me. It's fucking hilarious. I laugh. And they say, stick to jewelry. Motherfucker, think of how big I am in jewelry. And think of what I've done in 14 years. I know way more about football than I do in jewelry. I didn't just play high school and was, I told you, like, was all state, all city, all conference. Wasn't all American, but still. Got a scholarship to a D1. Right? I ran a 4-4, 4 40 Okay, played both positions in college. I played defensive back. Understand, I played college ball. I played against motherfucking some of the best players in the NFL in fucking NFL history. Played against Larry Allen. That motherfucker went to Sonoma State. Played him three years in a row damn near. Anyways, going back. Nobody can fuck with Pete Carroll on second half corrections. Man, that fucking fake punt, which just shocked the fuck out of me, was fucking amazing. That shit is just crazy, man. We, we, we looked really good no matter what. People were like, oh, Kirk Cousins ain't shit. I mean, bro, they're, they're playing decent football for whatever it is. All right? Our defense looked crazy. It was almost reminiscent of the LOB days because Diggs was getting some crazy hits. All right? Clowney, man, he was, he was laying the hat down too. I cannot wait till December 29th at CenturyLink Field. I don't think anybody else can wait. I had no fucking idea. Listen, you got got me fucked up. I love the Bay Area. Love the East Bay. I got ties to the Bay. You already know. I cannot fucking stand. If you didn't know this, I don't know how the fuck you didn't know. You can go back and find posts from five, six years ago. You can find posts from 10. I mean, people have known. I've hated the 49ers forever. I've hated the Giants, but, you know, it's, it's, it's a big rivalry. It's not a big deal. You know, after the dude got damn near killed at the Dodger Stadium, I kind of chilled out. Like, that shit just kind of bugged me out. Um... Never really had a super hate for the Giants. I just never really cared. But I don't fuck with the Giants. You know what I mean? But I don't fuck. I hate the Niners. Niners and the Patriots are just two teams in professional sports that I just cannot fucking stand. I ain't got no issue with the A's. Got no issue with the Warriors. Ain't really tripping, you know, whatever. But obviously, again, I got ties to the Bay. I lived in San Francisco and the East Bay for almost five years of my life. I have a place there now, and I fuck with the city. I fuck with the Bay. Just don't fuck with the Niners. And it's crazy how many 49er fans fucking follow me, all right? But on the flip side, shout out to all the 12s who listen to the show, and shout out to the motherfucking Seahawks because we are the number two seed. We should have fucking beat the Saints that fucking week, especially right when fucking Breeze was fucking injured, the backup fucking quarterback who did his thing, but still, we beat ourselves in that game. And that was fucking just sad. Um, if we beat the Rams this week, which we should, and don't remind me, I'm fucking already sick that I can't go. You already know I wanted to pull up Ferrari Pista, clowning Jewels, 
with the homies, pull up real fucking just clown style to Memorial Stadium in my in, in my city and let the motherfuckers know that the Rams ain't no fucking LA team. But it's all good. You know, I can't go. I'm in Dubai. And um, I'm hoping the Niners beat the Saints. Do you know what I'm saying? Because if they do, then we become the number one seed. Either way, we lead our division. All right. So we, we're number one in the NFC West. I ain't trying to hear shit. Um, on to, uh, to Dubai. I'm here. It is uh, currently fucking 9 a.m. on a Thursday. And by the time you listen to this, it'll be 9 a.m. Pacific time, L.A. time in uh, Los Angeles. So, yeah, man, it was really dope. I'm out here for Soul DXB, which is an enormous lifestyle convention, um, emphasizing on sneakers and streetwear. And uh, speaking of which, this episode, uh, today's guest is Dominic a.k.a. the shoe surgeon. Shoe surgeon is a mean motherfucker when it comes to that customizing game. He just blessed me with a fucking $4,000 pair of fucking Python Air Force Ones. These motherfuckers are lit. Cannot wait to rock these bitches to the show. On top of that, listen, when a homie of yours gives you a $25,000 pair of sneakers, you know what you do with them? You wear them, homie. For those of you who've been blessed enough to do that, be in that situation, listen, man, you don't sell them motherfuckers, right? It's just that's just some fucked up shit. But these were a gift from my boy G Dragon. I got the friends and family ADA pairs of the Paranoise Air Force Ones as well here in Dubai with me. I got the general release and I also got the red pair. I got all three and I'm rocking them, period. So, anyways, um, shout out to Crep Protect and shout out to Presented By. This episode is actually brought to you by Presented By. And um, yeah, I got a collaboration out here with Presented By, the premier sneaker boutique in London, England, UK. And uh, I also have a cl collaboration with Crep Protect Sneaker Cleaner. And it's a premium collab. I can't wait to show it to you guys. I can't wait to show you guys this fucking booth. This shit is fucking lit. This trip is just already to a good start. Um, you know, got onto the my flight. Uh, I had a choice, you know, am I going to fly first class in a suite? Or am I going to fly business class and bring my wife with me? And um, listen, I've done the sweet life. You see me, you know, my shower in there and my fucking private room and everything. And shit's dope. I ain't gonna lie to you, shit's fly. But you know what? Instead of dropping 27 bands on that, you drop 10 bands each and you save some money. And uh, I brought my wife with me out here. She's never been to Dubai before. Uh, there's a lot of Filipinos in, in the UAE, a lot of Filipinos here in Dubai. So I brought my wife with me. We had, uh, um, we didn't get the couple seating on this trip. Uh, on the flight back, I got couple seating where, you know, you have the, the two beds connected together. It's pretty dope. But flight was lit. I'm taking like a slight little nap. And this motherfucker wakes me up. And my wife didn't know who the fuck. My wife don't even pay attention to that fucking uh, rap music. She don't know who the fuck it was. But my man YG's on the plane with me. And I'm like, Jizzle, the fuck is you doing on here, man? Come on, bro. What the fuck? But yeah, um, flight was lit. The food is fucking excellent on Emirates. It's just crazy and um there's a nightclub you know in emirates it's like a bar you know what i'm saying where you can sit up there and get moet you can have vu uh you could have hennessy xo i'm talking about some cheap shit all premium and above like up even better than regular premium liquor all that good shit sandwiches fucking snacks 24 you don't you let them know you want to fucking eat you eat anytime you fucking want you want a hot meal you want they had fucking um this crazy ass lemon fucking uh, raviolis. They had all this shit. I set up a, a vegan meal for my wife. So she had a vegan meal. She was super happy. She just was just staying up watching movies. It's crazy ass movies. Um, I got to see that movie Parasite, Korean movie. I watched it for the second time. Parasite is a crazy fucking movie. You know, like every five to 10 years, a seriously critically acclaimed worldwide recognition film comes out of Korea. And I'm so proud of Korean film has been crazy since like, early 2000s, right? But Parasite is a fucking insane film. If you haven't seen it, um, go watch that shit. Shit is no joke. Um, but the flight was lit. As you can see, YG did a little shout out for me. Um, I get him on the show if we have more time, but I got a gang of shit I'm doing out here. He's got a gang of shit doing, he's doing out here. He's got some club appearances. He actually has performances, so I'm gonna go check him out at Dre's um, tonight. If you're in the UAE and you listen to this podcast, by the time you hear this fucking podcast, it'd be only a few hours. But uh, yeah, I'm heading out to Dre's to go check my boy out. And I think uh, there's a bunch of people out here, Lil Pump and shit. Tyga was just out here. And, you know, last time I was out here a few months ago was with Tyga. So, yeah, man, listen, we're in Dubai right now. 
one thing I'm going to tell you this real quick. They do not fuck around out here. Dubai don't play at all whatsoever. You can chill, you can drink, and you can have fun, but any kind of drugs, they're not fucking with you at all, period. You can't even bring Xanax unless you got a motherfucking prescription, um, which I do. And uh, that, that was an issue for this flight because I, I didn't have that issue. But, you know, um, YG's out here with his people. He's out here, what's up with Rory? What's up to Rod? Rod is a joker like me. He liked the clown and everything else. And I know he's been on a lot of world tours with YG, but I was trying to tell Rod to shut the fuck up. You got tattoos on your head, all over your face and everything. And I said, bro, listen, when we get to the motherfucking customs uh, counter, dog, you need to shut the fuck up. And we get to the counter and this motherfucker starts cracking jokes and everything else. And so we get stopped. They pull me to secondary. I'm like, like listen, I, I know these motherfuckers, but I'm not with them. So <laughs> they had... They had Rob YG and the whole 400 crew hemmed up for like 45, 50 minutes. And uh, we took off. Me and my wife took off in the chauffeur. We got to our hotel, which is insane, lavish level. Just I got to thank the whole fucking presented by crew, everyone, especially Steve Spalassi and his wife, Louisa. And uh, it's just we're at the address, the uh, address boulevard. Um, the address has like three different things here. They have just address residences, the address hotel, and the Boulevard Hotel, which also has residences. And um, we're right across, directly, damn near connected to the Dubai Mall. I'm looking directly at Burj Khalifa, the tallest building in the world, as I am podcasting right now. This shit is just fucking incredible. I can't even tell you the view here. Just so fucking blessed to even be here. And uh, everything here is very kid-friendly if you decide to come here. Listen, man, you don't got to fly business. You ain't got to fly first. Um, Emirates does fly here direct, and there is pretty much their economy is premium economy. It's really not that bad, especially if you have a family of four. It's you and your wife and you and your, your significant other and two kids. You have the whole entire row, and you'd be like, you'd be chilling. And it's it's more space than just a regular economy seat, and it's still nice. Um, again, everything's very kid-friendly here. Uh, they got a crazy, a crazy fucking aquarium. And I know I shouldn't support aquariums. My wife is really against aquariums and things and stuff. But you know what, man? It is what it is. Sometimes kids, you know, they have no other way to, to really look. But they can do, just watch YouTube. It is kind of cool for them to interact and see things. The pools here are fucking nuts. I can't wait to floss some pictures from here. But again, the food is insane. I just had some fucking food. Uh, I had some fucking chicken tiki masala. That shit was fucking A-level insane um speaking of which man i gained some motherfucking weight again i'm I'm probably tipping 200 again and uh i need to really get a stationary bike like that is something that the man cave needs immediately and i just got to get that shit popping i need to get a stationary bike and um it's gonna happen immediately dust brothers can you guys make something like that happen please so anyways without further ado let's get into the shoe surgeon episode because you know i am out here for soul dxb and uh, again, my man Shoe Surgeon is on here. So, yo, Miles, Jordan, throw on one of them Lakey beats. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. All right, be right back with that Shoe Surgeon interview. So, yeah, you know, you are tuned in to Behind the Baller got a very special guest on the show every guest is special on here i don't ever bring you guys nobody whack not ever but this dude man this is like this is culture this is my background because uh i owned a uh, one of the biggest sneaker customization companies at the time groundbreaking shit and now this dude is like it makes what i did silly you know what i'm saying but we, we broke ground but this dude now is really the top of the top um, we got my man fucking shoe surgeon on here. What's going on, man? Yo, what up, man? Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Um, actually, your name is. Do, do you go by Dominic or do you go by shoe? shoe like when you meet Dominic. Somebody? I mean, you gotta always introduce yourself as shoe surgeon. Like I was with, yeah. uh, you know, I was was at the game the other night, walking by Quavo, and I have to be like, "Yo, shoe surgeon." And he's like, "What? Oh, what up? Thank you, bro." <laughs> but That's Dominic. So, to all the listeners out there, uh, why don't you tell us who you are, why you exist? You know, saying like. Yeah, man. My name is Dominic Chambroni, uh, also known as the Shoe Surgeon. I've been doing custom sneakers since I was uh, age 17. And um, just pa at the time, I was passionate about sneakers. And then it became less, well, it was still about the sneakers, but it was more how to make them, how to make something my own. And, uh, you know, I've been in L.A. five years, and I've just been able to not only make my passion something uh, successful, but make it a business where it 
increase revenue. Yeah, you get some paper now. Yeah. Because, I mean, for a long time, some people, don't, they, they can't figure it out, you know? And uh, even in my business, well, not necessarily jewelry, because people are out there giving chains or whatever, but it's like, you have to make it make sense. And not necessarily on a return on investment, right? Because people think of, of ROI, that word return of on investment. They think of immediately on a on a um, a fiscal, like a number. They think of it like as a tangible thing, like a dollar amount, whatever. Sometimes you really can't put a price on million dollar marketing, you know, and, and, and I've learned that. But with um, with this business, when you started out, okay, well, how long ago did you start, start this? I mean, I, technically I started painting shoes in high school, so 17 years. When did you get your first, like when did you get paid for the first time? Pay, I mean, at what, I mean, you know, like after high school, some, you know, girl paid me $200 to make a <laughs> pair of shoes, but it's okay. like, that doesn't, okay. I, don't, I don't count that. When did it start making sense, even if you weren't getting paid? Like when did it start making sense? Like, okay, this is, it's fucking about to pop. Man, I don't I don't think it really started to make sense sense until I moved to LA. Damn, really? I mean, I I knew personally that it was always going to, you know, blow up, but it's like you couldn't tell Wait, that how, to how someone. How many how many years ago was was when you made Joy Claire's fucking shoes? Oh yeah, that so that was that was like 9 years. Okay. If you guys don't know, Joy Claire is a very very old friend of mine. Um she was one of the first employees at Undefeated. A lot of people don't know this, and I brought this up the other day to uh, my boy Alfred over at uh, Undefeated Glendale. Um, me and Eddie Cruz go back very, very long. Goes back with my sister um, when he first came out here. You know, Union, him putting me on a Supreme in 94, um, me being like a, having a part-time job over there. Before Undefeated even existed, um, I fuck with, you know, Eddie on the shoes. He had some shoes inside Union. They had an SB account. And they did some random custom stuff at Union. And this is a store that James Jebbia owned. You know, he owned the New York, he, Eddie owned the LA, they had a partner. But um, they would have these plain white on white Air Force Ones with like a Louis Vuitton, like actual Louis Vuitton material on the checks. And the thing was, they didn't just like glue it on. They replaced the check to make it look more official. You got people who are just gluing the shit on or stitching it on. And just people are just, you see the bootleg shit all over the place. But they did it legit early on. Um, and then Eddie was like, fuck, this is kind of sneakers. And obviously Undefeated is one of the biggest sneaker stores in the world. With that said, Joy was one of the first employees there. She kind of got like, you know, cause like people are like, oh man, you look like Natalie Portman, blah, blah, whatever. So she became popular on the sneaker blogs and message forms and stuff and everything. And Joy's always been fly. She's always attached herself to something kind of cool, streetwear wise with everything. And she's always been, Joy's just a dope person. I've known her for fucking a very long time, over 17 years, right? So one day she just pulls up and the gram had just started, and she breaks out. Were they ones or fours? I forgot what was Fours. It? She breaks out some Jordan fours, and they're the bread color, and these motherfuckers have uh, snake skin. Were they Python or they're just regular? Those are Python. I so Python, and I'm like, listen, okay. This motherfucker, man, <laughs> fuck this dude, first of all, because he, he don't think he's too cool now, blah, blah, whatever. And I ain't even going to reach out to this motherfucker. Fuck him. And that was the first time I saw, um, was there a nickname back then? A nickname for the shoes? No, I mean for for what did you call? Did you call yourself the shoe? I was shoe I was still, I was the shoe surgeon at that time. Okay, so anyways, that's when it like started popping. So, um, when did you actually incorporate yourself? Um, I would say once I moved to LA. So that was that happened like three years. Well, I guess a little bit after. So after I did those shoes, I started doing. Um, well, the order started coming in crazy. I couldn't keep up, and yeah. it was me and my, you know, first. Yeah, it was me and my wife making all of the shoes out of the garage, out your of my wife, garage. Oh, your at, wife was fucking with it too. Yeah, she was working. Too, she was working a full time job at the time, and then coming after she got off work, she'd come home and start helping me make shoes. Where are you from? I'm from the Bay, so uh, an hour north of San Francisco, Santa Rosa. That's right. Which actually, um, she's from Petaluma. Okay. Um, and I don't know. It's a small world because you know, who else? Nikki, I mean, everyone's from up there at the time. And, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, anyways. I mean, Santa Rosa, if you guys don't know, man, uh, there were some major fires there last year, and it was uh, burning a lot of weed, <laughs> a lot of motherfucking grow operations. A lot of there. cash. Yeah, a lot of, I'm, dude, almost a billion dollars, right? I mean, like, there is insane amount of grow operations in Santa Rosa. How far are you from Napa? Uh, 30 minutes. Yeah, so, I mean, it's pretty close to fucking Napa. No one's 30 minutes from Napa, you know what I'm saying? Not even Fairfield or... Actually, a different Larry. Well, Vallejo is about thirty minutes too from. Yeah. From, yeah. So you're from the Bay. That's some swagger right there. If you don't mind, I mean, do do you care? Like, how old are you, man? I'm 33. Okay, so you're still youngin. 
right now as we stand, what's the average price of a, of a custom job for you? Uh, the prices now start at 3500 Jesus Christ, man. This motherfucker <laughs> more than than my micro line of jewelry. God damn. Jesus Christ, man. Congrats for you, bro. I uh, um, appreciate it. What's the most you've charged for a pair of custom kits? I mean, we've done a hundred grand pair for LeBron um, with some golden diamonds. Um, the who the fuck put the who the fuck put the diamonds in her thing? Man, that's a whole nother story we can talk about another time. That's a long one. Was it a jeweler? Or was it first? I went to this this one jeweler through a friend. I guess he used to work for you or something, and fucked everything up. Who? Uh, Say his name. I don't, give I don't know his name. I forget his name. Younger Asian cat. Short dude? Ken? Ken. Oh my God, bro. You know, I really don't talk about things. You know, like, I tell you the truth. I have to say, sidebar, listen, you know, the Ben Baller, po well, the Behind the Baller podcast, we jump from subject A to the subject 17, and then we go back to subject M, and then we go back to subject three. So let me just jump real quick, man. You know what? I never really addressed it. It's not being petty or anything. You know what? Just like, the funny thing is, there's a couple people who used to work for me, and they don't. Whether they got fired or not, it really doesn't matter. Yeah, I could say Ken got, he definitely didn't quit. You know what I'm saying? So like, what I'm getting at is, the thing about this whole situation is, these are people who feel like I'm trying to hate on them or whatever it may be. Listen, the, the, here's facts. Two plus two equals four, okay? It rains a lot in Seattle, all right? Beans will make you fart, okay? Red meat is not vegan, Okay, vegans cannot eat red motherfucking meat. They can't eat Kobe steak, all right? Those are facts, right? Here's another fact right now. Neither one of my ex-employees had anything to do with jewelry. They didn't even think about having a career in jewelry. And they're, they're doing jewelry now, and they've created a company, whatever it may be. So it's like, listen, man, y'all should thank me for the fact that you're trying to eat in jewelry. So going on, so the, the, so the thing got fucked up. I mean, the whole thing got fucked up, so I had to find someone else. I mean, and that's what professionalism is. Yeah, I mean that's 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 why I fuck with you too, because it's like and and people understand after they work with you. Like someone, uh, Brenda Schwab, um, got a pair of shoes from another customizer recently because they're you know less expensive, and then he got them and he was like, "The fuck is this?" Yeah, because you know there there's a qual. I, I have a quality standard. Oh, for sure. You know, and it's continuous. I want to continue to get better. One of my friends customizes shoes, right? There's a lot of much people I've come into whatever here and there. And the crazy part is he's pretty good. It's it's on and off. And then there'll be something I'd be like, I put the shoe on, I'd be like, I knew it. You know, the motherfucker look pretty or whatever. You might look at, look at listen, both of us are married and, and just, you know, I talk out of pocket. And sometimes, you know, well, it is what it is. You could see a girl and you'd be like, damn, that chick is fucking bad, man. Look at her face. She's pretty, man. Fuck. I mean, you know, like, you'd be like, damn, body's right. The titties, everything's in place, like boom. Yo, she even kind of got fly style, right? You know, and then like it could be something crazy, like oh, now I know why you're single, or now I know why you can't lock down a man, or whatever it may be, right? And it's not that necessarily. It's like the shoes look good, right? After a while, how do they hold up? You yep. know, certain things, right? Now the job, the work might have been good, and then the execution was good, and then the material wasn't, or the material's okay, extra job was executed right. And then you try the shoe on and you put it on and you're like, yo, bro, like, fam, come on, man. I still want to wear it. You know, I need to wear these motherfuckers. Like, you feel what I'm saying? Like, have you ever, have you ever done a custom job for PJ Tucker? Yeah, all the time. Okay. You, motherfucker plays in yeah, shoes, you know what I'm saying? Playing, so, yeah, so, so with that said, I respect that. I mean, I, I made a pair for Kyle Kuzma to play in, in an NBA game and he got MVP. Damn. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say it's my shoes, but. No, no, I, I get it. Now, the thing is this, though. He wore them. Were they fully customized? Like the fully, whole, fully rebuilt. Huh, bro, that's fully crazy, rebuilt. Dog. That's crazy. You know, so I, I can make, you know, athletic shoes. You know, lifestyle is more where it's at. Um, and you don't really want to mess with the integrity of these players regardless. You know, I'm doing NFL, MLB. Look at a big baller brand, bro. You know what I'm saying? I'm just I'm just being honest with you. I mean, Lonzo fucking did this, this, and this. And people are like, oh, let's support black business. It ain't about color at all. It's just the fact that, yo, bro, I'm not trying to put my money in it. Something like, now, I will say this. Another friend of mine, Angel, he owns Supra. And then he started, he has a new, two new companies right now. And, and, and he understands sneakers, though. And he understands comfort. And yeah. he understands a lot of things. He understands technology. So the only thing with Angel that sucks is I wish he had better marketing. But 
he has good ideas, he has good things, and he's had come up with ideas that people have stolen. When he did the sky top, it was a revolutionary shoe, especially for skating and, you know, basketball players, people were wearing it. He was one dude that was really competing against people. When I say independent, I'm talking like really for real independent. So, you know, that's one of the very few people I'll even take consideration when it comes to shoes. Mother boy Sung, who had a company called Clay, C-L-A-E, and he had some, he knew how to make shoes. And there's just people who do, some people don't. Now, because um, I don't know if you know, back in the day, I want to start a shoe company. You know, you start thinking about it. Okay, it's 25000 for a mold. Yep. That's why when you see these custom shoe companies, you see a size 9, 10, 11, 12. You don't right. see nine and a half, eight and a half, because you're paying for fucking half-size molds and whatever. Yep, it's expensive. And a lot of designs. How many pairs of shoes would you say you produce in a year? Shit, man. Now, I mean, I was doing misplaced checks. Just me and my wife, we were doing, you know, 50 a month. Then I got to like 200, 200 a month. And then I was like... No, come on, bro. Stop fucking playing. No, it was, my, I remember first coming to L.A. and... My wife was spray gluing swooshes on the Air Force One, and I was just sewing them. Like, it was just me and her grinding, you know, to but pay bills. But 200 pairs in a month? Yeah. That one's just the swooshes. That's just the swooshes. It doesn't swooshes. matter. That's still seven, eight pairs a day, yeah. dog. Yeah, I, was, I just wanted to grind and, you know. How the fuck did you find that many fucking, I mean, weren't there a lot of high tops? Yeah, we were, yeah we would get them on Nike. We'd get them everywhere. That was, I mean, that was a collab you guys did with John Geiger? Or it was, yep, at that time. I ain't gonna lie to you, bro. Listen, man, I wish I had jumped on that early just because, but I was, uh, that actually might've been, I hadn't wear Nikes for nine years. I had it, and I broke it down in my, in my, um, in my pod before. Cause you know, I made money off. Uh, that's how I became a millionaire from sneakers, but, um, God damn, that's a lot, bro. And you know, what a, lot, a lot of people don't understand is, is that when you're making custom shoes, like I've been, you know, I've been right. Yep. I've been saw when I redid these easy twos that that Asian, my, my homie had made Tommy and we made them, people were like, yo, man, you can't just put the snakeskin over this. You have to reconstruct this thing, make it boom. And people were talking shit. And I seen it from beginning. People were like, oh, this is fake. He's using this, this, and this. And I'm like, listen, man. Bro, I was fucking there when he went to fucking, um, it was might have been Nordstrom's. And he bought the Air Challenge. With, with Air, um, Tech Challenge, yeah. Yeah, the, the Tech the Challenge, the fucking uh, Agassiz. And he redid it. And I'm like, yo, bro, the motherfucker just rebate Okay, fine, whatever. It's not, it's inspired by, listen, motherfuckers, it's, he used a real soul. That was the one that was fucking comfortable, whatever it may be, whatever. But how long did it take you to make uh, my K-Town uh, off Wilshire's? That one? Man, I don't remember. I've made so many shoes since then. But that, when it, was it, that? How long ago was that already? I don't remember, dog. I don't even know if it was um, last year or if it was this year. I don't remember. I think it was. I can look. It might have been early this year. Yeah, I mean... Once I think I had to order some of the materials to get them in house, but then once that was done, I mean, you know, like a week. Nah, was it that fast? Well, after the conception, no, we were. I mean, once you told me, once we you had the idea, it took me a few, like a, quite a few months. Yeah, we were t we were going over that shit for a minute. You know, that's um, that's the thing is I can't even keep up still. No, no, I'm like, sure. Like like you know like a lot of these guys hit me they want something today and it's like it's no come like, on. It it slows down production and it slows well, down everything else you're doing. Do you keep like back like do you have like stock or, like just random shit or no? Like it's very limited. It's not so much because usually we just do made to order. Right. It just doesn't make sense to be sitting on thousand dollar shoes that cost you that thousand dollar shoes to make. Right. In random sizes, we do have some things here and there, but it's uh, very few and far between. I'm kind of mad because like the way Instagram is is kind of like if if you catch it in the first few minutes, the way the algorithm runs, you can maybe delete it. Because you can't just redo a caption anymore either. I didn't know this until recently. Once you edit the caption, all your hashtags have gone. That's it. They're not coming back. And there's all these things that people don't know. Um, if you don't utilize at least Instagram Live or try to do like everything, stories, this, this. Unless you're an enormous celebrity like Drake where it doesn't fucking matter and people are just looking for that post, boom. That's why he could post at four in the morning, three in the morning. He doesn't give a fuck and he doesn't care. And good for him. I actually do care. I don't care about social media, but if I'm going to post, I want to do it right. right. So with that said... You can't do something twice sometimes because it just won't get the same love or it's just you never know. And when we introduced the shoe, people went crazy. I know it got 80, 90, I forgot what it got, but it got a, it got a good amount of likes. But I really wish I had pictures of the black laces too. We should have, <laughs> we just jumped in oh, there. Oh yeah, fucking, we fucked up. You know. Then we needed the black laces. Yeah. So going on, when I first went to Dom's studio, man, it, it's literally in just south of downtown LA. You could technically still kind of call it downtown and it's right between like downtown, almost South Central. Like it's in a, it's in that weird, tricky industrial part. And I'm like trying to look for this place and I go in and I, I literally can't fucking believe, bro. Like no offense, man. 
this motherfucker really has like a Nike studio. <laughs> he, has a, he has like a real fucking, how many people are in there? I'm 30 now. I, I think, don't think you, uh, listen, I have fucking 18 employees inside my, my, my jewelry factory. My factory is bigger than your fucking, than your, th that th was this tiny. is jewelry. I, yeah. Are you guys expanding soon or not? I just took over the next door. Oh, okay. okay. I'll show you a sec. Jesus fucking Christ. I, I couldn't fucking believe it. You know, and, and, and you know, you're talking about sneaker customizers. These guys are just using their house, their apartment, their garage, whatever the fuck it may be. It's crazy. Um, who would be your like dream collaboration with? Man, I get asked this all the time. And like an actual collaboration. Doesn't even fucking matter, dog. What's like, this is who I want to work with. Boom. This is what I want to do. Like, Pharrell, man. Pharrell. Oh, really? Pharrell? Like, yeah. You know, he's ordered some shoes, but like he, he was the one that helped me like, you know, got me into this. Oh, that's cool, man. Just like it's powerful style, you know. Yeah. The style, he's you know, it's it's probably style music, you know, you in know, a way even more than more so than Ye. You know, what I'm saying he's got the most powerful like cosine, not yeah. a cosine, but just his impact. Impact, yep. On on fashion, so I mean, like, what would you like if it was like fuck it, like if he had an idea, he was like, all right, well, I'm with Adidas, right? If he's like, all right, let's do some Stan Smiths, would you just be game, right? Just be like, fuck it. Well, they need a little help over there, um, but yeah, I mean. I've done some, I've done quite a bit of Adidas stuff and there's something, you know, I don't know about a Stan Smith right now, but there's things that you can do to mash up that would still be fucking hot. Like I've done, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but I did like a uh, soccer, you know, a Copa Mundial on top of a D-Row 7 soul and that shit was sick. It went crazy. Um, it, I got no idea what the fuck you're talking about, but okay. It was. I did a D Rose commercial for Adidas, <laughs> like for Adidas. I just don't know shit about. I'm uh, gonna have to show you that one, but okay. it was cool. I mean, there's tons of stuff you can do with Adidas. So yeah, I mean, I'd be open with that. It's Cuddy just, just uh, Cuddy just signed a deal with Adidas, and he's got a shoe coming out. It's the like the Bill and Ted's original Bill and Ted's actual okay. adventure shoe. He's got another shoe. Um, back to Pharrell. Let me say this, man. There's a point in time where you go to any sneaker reseller store, and you're not just not gonna see Adidas. You might see like couple pairs of some old school um some bait collabs you may see some random collab undefeated something but you're not going to see them in there regardless it wasn't until and people say oh what about yeezy and stuff that's cool and he definitely did a lot but what i'm saying is pharrell came in there with stan smith and really that whole yeah, yeah. collaborate the oh, whole yeah. the whole campaign and everything and he came in and redid the whole thing and then the human made and the fucking um then the boost technology came out and then we, now we did i've done like two or three classes i teach classes now too and three of the classes were Stan Smith's. And Where I never- Where the fuck do you teach class at? Pop-up spaces. People fly from all over the world, China, Italy, Mexico. Wait, like, so like, what was the last pop-up class you had? The Line Hotel. That's where someone fucking brought your name up, bro. I was at my son's, no, I'm sorry. I was at my daughter's friend's birthday party. She just turned two of the kids. And the parents said, I work at the Line Hotel. And I was like, oh, okay, well, you just have commissary and pot there. My boy, Roy Choi, you're talking about my hood. You're talking about Koreatown. I remember when this hotel was just the Wilshire Grand. Now this is like, you got models staying there, yeah. a lot of Korean celebrities staying there, boom. And she goes, yeah, they have this uh, shoe surgeon. I was like, the fuck? What? I was like, what? <laughs> you're talking about some Romanian late 30s. And this girl didn't look like she knew who the fuck. Like, you say off-white, cool, whatever. I just That was just threw me off. And I was like, what? And she works at the hotel, so she was like breaking up. She's like, yeah, and I was like, I've had shoot, like that's my guy, like that's weird. It just, I was so many questions, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to engage a deeper conversation. It just was like, okay, Dom. <laughs> so you do, you do some classes there. Yeah. But you actually sell shoes, right, of yours? Like, or they- No, not there. You can do a, they can't order a custom pair from like the lobby or something? Or? <laughs> no, I mean, we had the displays and stuff set up so you can see them, yeah, for sure. Okay, so, so you did a class there. Yep. How many people show up to the class? That was a 41 people, 41 students. And do, do they pay to show up or they just- Yeah, this is a $3,000 course. And Shit. it's, you know, it's four days and it's like 10 hour, 10, 12 hour days. But it's like- 10, 12? <laughs> you come in and you uh, you get to take a shoe apart. You cut your materials, you, cu you sew it. And then- How much can you teach them in 12 hours, honestly? Uh, I mean, in, f in the, fit what is it, 50 hours, 40 hours- I mean, they leave with a pair of shoes that they actually sewed themselves. But the day is, so you're saying it's like a four day? Four day, 12 hour days. Oh, wow. So first one's deconstruction, patterning, how to cut leather, how to pick materials, 
how to skive it. I mean, I mean, you see, you know the process. Is there's so much that Let goes into question, it? Though. When it comes to like a vintage shoe, you already know if there's a pair of like ninety four, ninety six, uh, something with the air bubble. You know, you wear it one time, it's gonna smash. The bubble's gonna be smashed. Whatever. Right. Can you fix that or no? Someone just. I'm getting reached, uh, hit up so much. Even you know, Fat Joe just asked the same thing. Um, that's a different part. Listen, that's a different. Like people ask me all the time, like, "Hey, may you do this, this, and this?" And I'm like, "Listen, I do all the, the traditional jewelry, right?" But when you start asking me about, about like uh, porcelain and things like that, or like you know, weird gemstones, this, I don't fuck with water stones like opals and stuff because as soon as you put a hammer to it, dog, it just smashes and it, you get, it's just different type of things. That's yeah. my, my specialty. Do you know? Like you'd be like, "Oh yeah, you know, I fuck with uh, cars." I'm like, okay, we fuck with, oh, you know, I fuck with, um, for the most part, when it comes to a motor, people understand a motor. Right. But if you fuck with turbos, you may not specialize in naturally aspirated motors. When you're fucking with vintage shoes, I get it. Like when you see some of these people like reconstruct a, a Jordan 4, a vintage one, that's a whole different thing with the bubble. Yeah. I mean, restoration is a whole nother thing. I can do it for sure. It's just not... <laughs> Yeah, no, it's just, you're not going to focus your time on it. You know what I mean? It doesn't take the focus. I want to build a whole nother separate, like, I, I started customizing, when before I started, like, customizing shoes, I was doing shoe repair, or, you know, around the same time, so I learned the art of repair and how to fix something. So I can, I fixed PJ Tucker's shoes, I've fixed, you know, all the guys are hitting me up now, like, and it's just like, I have to turn it down because it's, it's not cost, No, no, you're you not, don't make it's not, money. It's not effective. Like, like, let's say, for instance, the 2011 or 2012... 2012 was the last time the Jordan Bread Pours came out. In 2013 or 14, if you wore them, they just crack at the bottom. And they're new shoes. Yep. They crack. I met a dude. Well, I, when, I, when I had the company, my boy met them. Fabian, just, he knew how to fix yep. the crack part. That was, that was crazy, though, how you how you told me that story like when you were at the studio. Just yeah. because Meth Amphibian was one of the you know, one of the artists that I really looked up to when I was kind of starting. You know, It was like him and Sabotage. And the crazy part is, like... I haven't talked to Peter in forever. And, you know, that's my boy. And, you know, we, we, we took it to a different level. And then I just think, um, I was going through a lot. I was about to be a jeweler. I was, I was just like, fuck sneakers, everything. That kind of, um, it took it away. It, like, it just fucked him up. You know, he did a DC collab. And then I think he didn't have the, like, I was kind of like that motivation. Like, yo, bro, go ahead. Let's go get this fucking money. Let's go, man, fuck this. What are you doing, bro? Let's go get some fucking Louis Vuitton jackets. Let's go here. Let's go eat here. And I pressed him to, to do better. And, and, you know, um, I love this dude. He's a great guy. I could never say anything bad about him. I just think he needs someone to push him, you know, constantly. I, I, I mean, I just had to get on, and I felt bad when I told him. I was like, hey, bro, I'm about to get married. I want to do this, this, and this. Next thing you know, wedding's called off, whatever. But, like, I just need to push on with my life. Um, just last week, late last week, so we're talking about literally within seven days, Jeff Staple posted a picture of this sabotage fucking, and I'm like, yo, this feels still at it. And he did the... um. The, the Sakai's and undercovers. It's not, I'm like, yo, this motherfucker's still at it. And yep. he's taking it to another level. And I'm like, holy shit. Like this motherfucker's really like, you know, when it really looks like you actually collaborated with the company, it's like, that's a problem. So that's dope that you, you know, that you knew about that type of shit. Yep. Um, I, I had the, I had the sneaker, sneaker freaker book, the first edition when it was like four sneaker freaker magazines in one. And in the back was all of these custom shoes. I still have the, the book at, at the shop. And it was, you know, it was both of those guys, you know, plus other guys you've never heard of. Um, C. Williams was pretty dope at that time, but there was just like, like a few guys that was like, damn, those guys are tight. And then you're on the Nike blogs because it was still dial up fucking internet at that yeah. time. I got a I got a little surprise for you. So I, I got some methamphibian uh, memorabilia. I'll give you when we get out of here. Oh, that's dope. Um, is there any beef you got between like? Is there any? Is there any beef between like sneaker customizers or? Uh, there. So the way it started for us customizers is like we're all on Facebook groups talking to each other, like <laughs> you know, helping each other here and there a little bit. But then once fucking that Python Jordan shit happened and like it started like okay we can make some money is like <laughs> everyone kind of like stopped being cool and. I was overly helping people. I just like to help people. That's why I teach to this day too. But then, you know, I was getting taken advantage of. So um, stop talking to all of them. Stop focusing on any of these dudes and just focus, stayed focused on you gotta do that, bro. my business. And that's when it started to succeed. When was yeah. I, I didn't look at anything else. And, Fuck everyone, bro. You and that's, that's what, you know, your question is, is there beef? I mean, I'm sure there is, but 
not from me. Not that you, you're not paying attention to it. Yeah, I don't pay attention. Has anyone ever accused you of stealing their idea, or design, or some shit? Or? All the time, man. I mean, even to this day, there's kids sending me DMs of like a design or something, and it's like I've already been working on that, and it's like you can't prove anything anymore, or like it's not even worth your time to try to prove it. Oh no, I can prove. Some dude the other day said he had a money counter. They're like, oh, they came out with this thing. I don't know. They brought, they made like twenty of them or some shit, right? And I was like, bro, do I'm gonna show you what my money counter? Boom. I showed them the text messages from a year ago. You, oh, could, yeah. you could do certain things. Yeah, for sure. Then this, and then when productions ended and how long I was holding it and people, dude, these motherfuckers blocked me. They deleted their shit. It's not like, you motherfuckers <laughs> are clowns. But this is a business podcast for, for all you out, that, out there that are trying to do something, whether you're going to be inspiring, like a chef, you're going to be a fucking painter, you're going to be a, a denim designer, whatever the fuck it may be. At a certain point, I'm going to be real with you, man. It, there's no friends, man. Like, you know, I have a lot of acquaintances. I have people I'm cool with, but as far as friendships, listen, man, you got to focus on you. You got to dead folks. You got to dead homies and get your paper because otherwise you're going to sit around. It's going to be jokes. Oh, man, we have good times here and there. Listen, bro, motherfuckers want to have families. People want to go out and elevate and, you know, you don't want to miss that. You have a window. And people think like, oh, well, you know, women have it way shorter, but let's say you have like a 15, 20-year window. Please believe, man. You could fuck around and that 15 years would be gone and be like, yo, fuck, now I'm in a rush to try to get this emergency 911 three, four, five year window and get this going and and then it doesn't. Then what do you do? And you haven't established anything, you're fucked. So that's really smart that you know you had to do that. Um with that said, what's the end goal? Like what's your end goal for shoe shirts? For shoe surgeon? It's a tongue twister. Um end goal for shoe surgeon is to um for I mean for specifically that is is let it be its own thing and then continue to build my my own brand you know technically shoe surgeon is my brand but at the same time uh, completely original brand you know like it actual start from scratch shoe yeah okay forget the start from scratch shoe let's just talk about shoe surgeon if someone wanted to buy you out as a business what's your asking price don't be scared bro Motherfuckers getting <laughs> what is my asking price you never know. So I might be hearing this shit and yeah. boom, throw an offer. Man, that's a, that's a good question, actually. 100? 100 M's? Yeah. I'm not, I'm not mad at that, yeah. you know? I mean, and again, you, don't, you probably have to run the company for the first yep. few years to like, you know what I'm saying, get people started. That's not bad. You could definitely, you know, retire off that. So speaking of that. Um, but that's just that and then moving on to the next thing, you know? I mean, cool, good for you. Like, you know, I, I'm, I'm close to where... Like, no bullshit. I'm probably 11, 12 M's away from I'm never going to work ever again in my life. I just, I'm done. I also have 14 years on you. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just, and my 14 years, it's no offense, dog, is 35. It's like, I'm just so old and washed up and I just don't want to do shit no more. Like, I'm just, I'm on some whole other shit. But at the same time, like, I'm pride, probably do things here and there for fun. Like, even I was talking to Cuddy about it and Cuddy's like, yo, bro, you can't retire. Tyler's like, you can't retire, bro. Like, I just, I'll show you this piece I made Tyler. It's crazy. And this new piece for Cuddy is like fucking up my whole thing. Part of me is like, I can't wait to to get it out there. But at the same time, like, fuck, I haven't even started yet. Like, I'm sitting there contemplating because I'm like, this is a whole fucking different level. And why don't you teach? Why don't you build a legacy through your name? Nah, fuck that. Let that shit be on some other shit. I'm cool, man. I don't need to teach shit to nobody, no dog. I'm good. I'm fucking... <laughs> I'm not Mr. Miyagi, bro. I'm not trying to help nobody out accidentally or any, any, any which way. I'd like to motivate them, but I'm not... That's just a whole nother fucking thing that I just don't have the time for. Um, speaking of time, what do you do for fun outside of customizing kicks? Man, uh, you know, I got... I have uh, my wife. I have two kids. I can't even... I don't even know how many Well, I mean, kids I that's now. another question I was about to ask you, but I mean, like, for hobbies, like, what do you do? Um, do you have a hobby? Right now, I don't have a hobby. You don't like to go fishing or nothing? I play soccer, but rarely right now. So right now, it's just fucking running the business. Um, When's the last time you went on a vacation with your family? I think last year. So I think this year. So I think end of the month, end of December, I'll go. Damn, you know, like, I took my entire family to uh, Cancun and we were there for a wedding but we made it a little longer than yeah. usual and on top of that I go get a fucking really nice suite and I'm like alright you know it's 1600 a night for a really cool suite and everyone can stay in here we're cool you know we're good we don't and it was beyond enough space whatever beautiful view everything and this fucking asshole at the front desk is like hey man you're Ben Baller huh he goes hey man we got the presidential suite available and I was like oh you know I'm cool I'm straight I'm good like you know I'm, you know, I'm about to drop let's see with tax to so i'm about to drop maybe like 14 bands on this room right 
So that's fourteen thousand dollars. I'm like, no, I'm good. Plus, we flew for, for even my two year old daughter flew first class. Everyone first class. We boom. So I'm like, no, I'm straight, homie. I'm good. Like we good here. I get. We start walking. Boom. The guy's like, hey man, let me just show you this room. I gotta show you this room. And I was like, no, bro. I'm. And then and then he discounted the room. Like they discounted heavy, right? And he goes, we'll do this for five thousand a night. I'm like five thousand. No, dog. I'm straight, bro. I'm cool. Really for real. Shows me the room. It's. 4,500 square feet. It's the penthouse. The As soon as you put the ele- the key in your elevator, it you have to put the key in the elevator to get you to the top floor. There's no, like, the only way to get there is through the elevator. And when you get out of the elevator on the penthouse level, it's the entire floor. So I'm like, yo, thing has its own swimming pool, most ridiculous view and everything. And my kids are like, daddy, we got to do this. And I'm like, <laughs> fuck me. We don't get to vacate that long. We don't, quick ships, Legoland, you know, um, some San Francisco, but you know, it's, it's maybe a couple of trips a year. So just wait, man, you'll see you, you could, because you're like, fuck, when can I do this again? You know, and you got your life started before I did, which I envy, but you said you have two kids. Yeah. My son is four and my daughter's 18 months. Do you have any older brothers or sisters with kids? Uh, yeah, my, actually my younger brother has two kids who are older and my older brother has, uh, one kid that's a little bit older than them. Yeah. So, I mean, like, when you, I don't know what they do for a living, but yeah. you know, the normal person today, you think of somebody who makes a hundred grand a year, there's not really much you can do besides the fact that, okay, right. well, they might have benefits. So the health shit's taken care of, but and if they go to public school or whatever, people don't realize how fucking difficult this shit is. People who listen to this podcast may know because they have kids, whatever, but it's really tough. So when you see people going to Disneyland, they try to go hard body in the paint because that's the last time, that, you know, they're going once a year, whatever. Like, why the fuck this motherfucker got a Mickey Mouse hat, shirt? <laughs> he got the Mickey fucking pancakes. He got everything. You know, they go Mickey it out. Yep. And like, where are you guys thinking of going next month? <sighs> I'm thinking take just going to Mexico, just, you know, having a resort and just like chilling. Like you know what I mean? Because usually... You, when, go ahead. What's okay. that? Usually when, you know, you go somewhere, it's like, it's not even... I mean, you know, it's not even a vacation anymore no, for us. It's but it's, it's at least, care. Yeah. It's, it's Especially dead. at that age, listen. Eighteen months, she ain't like four. He gonna start getting ready for some gangster shit. Yeah, you know what I mean? No, he's. It's been amazing to see like where he's at and like where his birthday just came up. And you know, I want to take him to Legoland. I don't want to go to Disneyland because that's a shit show. So I'm gonna tell you this right now. And I said this on my last episode because I went to Legoland this weekend. So it was on my weekend wrap up. Between ages two and eight, you can't fade Legoland. Not in the last three years. Three years ago, they changed it. They upgraded it. They made a hotel there. By the way, the hotel's more expensive than the Four Seasons. So be careful. I did it a couple of times. Now I figured it out. And there's a Westin right next door. There's even a Park Hyatt in Carlsbad. Now the kids are going to want to be in the fucking Lego and Hotel because, bro, they make the hotel so fun. The bunk beds, TVs built into the bed. They got fucking 24-hour kid room service. They got the fucking buffet for the kid. Everything is cute, of course. Yeah, I hit them up. Dude, yeah, I would love to do a collab. They did one with that fucking Life of Ryan, the, the Ryan's uh, Playhouse kid. So going on between two and eight, two to nine, they just, they own it, dog, because that park is built for that age. Older than that, you can go to the water park, but if you, when your dog, when your daughter turns two or three, yep, that's like three, go. well, forget about it. You're going to be going to Legoland as much as you can because it's only a two-hour drive. So we just did that. Um, when your daughter turns three and you hit Alani, Alani is the only five-star uh, kids resort, Disney resort in Hawaii. You want to talk about expensive? Motherfucker, that shit costs more than the <laughs> peninsula. And it's it's highway robbery, but I understand. Like, I'll go there, and I'll see these people from, like, Tennessee, Montana, fucking Illinois, you know, Missouri, all over the fucking place, middle America. And these people will fucking be there going hard body, staying there seven, eight days. I'm like, God damn, because that's, like, a year or two years they saved up for this vacation. It's, like, the pools, heaven... Um, the food is di- fucking ridiculous, bro. I gained 15 pounds there in fucking four days, you know? So just trust me, man. I'm going to go there next. All my kids have passports. Yep. That was a big thing. And my daughter's two and some change right now. When she turns four, that's when I take her to Asia. I took my first kid to Asia early and I was like, man, I'm fucking kill my... And now three, forget about it. Are you planning on having more kids? Um, I don't, I don't plan on it, but <laughs> we'll see what just happened. Nah, bro. If I, you could, listen, I'm, I got a good doctor. I'll give you the phone number for a vasectomy, bro. You get your shit fixed. Yeah, I got to do that. Because you got a son and a, and a daughter, yeah. right? Yeah, bro. Listen, dog. If Ryder, my second, second was, was a daughter, 
we'd have never had that'd have been that's it. Like this shit is like daddy life. Yep. How does that play into your lifestyle and work, bro? I mean, you you know how it is. It's tough, you know. You're running a business, managing people, you know, making sure everyone's happy. And then you gotta make sure everyone's happy at home too. Make sure, you know, you're doing giving the best for your kid, like making sure he's learning and learning good, not just, you know, watching you hustle, but you know, actually being there for him. It's it's, it's been tough. I mean, the last six months to a year has been pretty tough on me. Like people don't realize that. I had a son that's sick a lot. My oldest son's sick very often. Um, he had a lot of health issues. These years are so crucial that, man, listen, it gets embedded into their their mindset. I already know because I just know when you see energy, you see certain things. Even as much as I travel, I'm still way more hands-on than fucking 90% of the dads that I know. I'm fucking in there, boom. We do this, this, and this. And I do it for them. That's why I work so hard. But when you don't pay attention at the wrong time, bro. Listen, they never forget that shit. It's fucked up. Yeah. That's why it's so tough. Yeah. And you said even here, like your dad, your son's trying to come here with you. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. like, I'm trying to put my kids to sleep. I'm trying to bribe them. I'm like, <laughs> I'm gonna give you some Robux. I'm gonna give you this. I'm gonna get you some books from here. They don't give a fuck. You can't pay a kid to sleep, bro. It's just not gonna. Nope. And you know, they get it. That was last night, you know? He was like, my son was trying to go to sleep and he's like, oh, I'm hungry. Yeah, my no, my wife eat. was like, don't play that shit. Yeah. And, but my daughter was sleeping and then, you know, I had to give in. I had to give him some yogurt just so he can go to sleep. Yogurt, okay, fine. I, I didn't know this until later, until recently, actually. My oldest never asked for food later, whatever, right? After 8.30, it's like 8.30 is late. You know, it's bedtime, yeah. especially when you start going to school and kids got to be at school at 7.30, 8 o'clock. You know how late, these kids need a lot of sleep. Um, word of advice. It's not like they're Mogways or some Gwendolyn shit. You don't feed them after like 7.30, 8. Want to know why? I gave my son some chips, gave him some cookies, whatever. When they're sleeping, some of these kids might get like, it's almost like that acid reflex feel, you know, whatever. They don't, they can't deal with it, so they'll throw up. They'll throw up in their sleep, they'll throw up at night. It's, it's a common thing. And it's like, they got food, they haven't been all properly digested, you know, because they, they get their 12, 13 hours of sleep, whatever it may be. So that was like a big mistake that I did. I was like, fuck that, they don't get no, they don't get no food, none of that shit. Motherfucker, you get some water. And then you go wake up and go peace, which yeah. is fucking worse, you know? Hey. Back to the sneakers, dog. Um, what are your top three favorite sneakers of all time? Top three sneakers of all time. I mean, I don't know if you know this, but I'm not really a sneakerhead. But I'm, I'm looking at your shoes right now. I'm like, bro, dog. <laughs> but I started. I know as what on. they are, but I mean, dog. The I the my my top one just because of like where it got me was original. My cousin let me wear her original 1985 Jordan ones when I was in high school. So it was like they were already 20 years old. And I wore them and people were flipping out like, damn. Yeah. So, you know, just that one, but. You look at materials differently and, okay, fine. So the Jordan 185, it's an incredible shoe. You know, I had them. I had them. I had the first time around and I had them obviously, you know, sec not the second time, sorry. I've had them vintage original 85s. Um, I got rid of my last pair like in the last five years. Fucking with ASAP Rocky so heavy. You already know it. the one is his favorite shoe. He just wears it so much. He started realizing, like, and you know, I really do you know Jeff from Riff? Owner of Riff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Jeff is like, he's one dude who you'll never see him wearing anything but some fucking busted ass fucking he'll be wearing some Prestos, he'll be wearing some fucking some Air Force Ones, and he just doesn't give a fuck. But a lot of people who really know, and if you grew up in that Nike talk era and you're at least in your thirties, like, you know, and you know certain things. There's something about that 2001 Jordan 1 that, that you can't... I remember Lil Uzi was wondering why price was so high on certain things, blah, blah, and why Rocky was... Because now, it's 18 years, there's not that many dead stock pairs left. You know, you think about now, be like, oh, it's rare. They made 250,000 pairs. It's not that rare. Back then, a rare shoe really was 100,000 pairs, you know, whatever it may be. And some of these shoes, they made 25,000 pairs. That's not shit when you think about how popular, how big the world is, right? So when you put a 2001 bread on or a 2001 Royal on, you're like, fucking A. I remember the dude I sold my bread 2001s to. He still has them. And he wears them, you know, I break them out two, three times a year. And I look at them and there's something about the way they've aged everything. It's not even like, you can't put another, you can't put a 94 against it, can't put anything. That year was crazy. And I'm like, why can't you just fucking replicate this? Yeah, I mean, that's what's so tough with shoemaking. You 
It's so tough. Materials change, the last change, the factory changes. Well, remember, because they're buying, let's say, for instance, they're buying a million right. pounds exactly. of leather. Then all of a sudden, the leather changes, right? Somebody need to fuck around and go find out what 2001 <laughs> bread and royal. If you look at the fucking 2015 or 2016 breads, bro, man, it's like Durabuck plastic. Like, it, I don't even think it's leather. I don't know what it's called, but. Technically, it's leather. Bonded but leather. You know what a 2001 yeah. bread, it's, yeah. it's in the way they aged. So when I look at like Rocky Shoes or even my boy um, Mano, um, he was Ye's DJ for a while. Um, call me Mano. He was, he was Kanye's DJ for a minute. He had Treated Crew, Founder. When I see his Ones collection, I find it, this dude is the most insane dude when it comes to fashion. Find it, Pharrell would even hit me up about things like, I've heard, you know, like he had Chanel circle glasses before Pharrell did a collaboration. Like he's that dude. So he has like, six pairs of 2001s and I know he has some used ones NDS pristine and like you go to Tokyo to go find them and then you're like god damn Tokyo people listen they don't give a fuck about hype this that and a third I mean they care but they've locked up all the freshest shit from America and kept it there in their playground I'm like you, oh you gonna pay for this then because they know what, what, what it is so going on um, are there any shout outs that you want to give out to or Man. any inspirations that you want to say anything I mean Shout out to my wife just for like you know holding it down when I'm gone, you know. Seems like an amazing person. I didn't, I didn't moving to moving to L.A. to uh, to to you know help make this dream a reality. Um, shout outs to just I mean, inspiration just to any entrepreneur or anyone creating or doing anything or you know in quotes trying to be successful is just work hard and you know stay focused and. Like we talked about before, don't don't worry about what anyone else is doing. If you know, if if someone turns you down or doesn't look at your shit, don't worry about it. Keep going with the vision. Yeah, you know, I know so many times when so many people were like, "What the fuck are you doing? Why are you making shoes? Like what the fuck?" No, listen, I'm a fu listen, bro. And then you know, even when you become successful, like this is the thing with me. Let's say, for instance, I'm like, "Hey, man, what, why are you doing that, bro? You're tripping." And let's say they became successful, I wouldn't change my mind. That's me, because I was so strong in my opinion about you doing. Um, paintings like all oh, your bugging man, whatever he became. Oh, he became famous. What you got to say now? Fuck him still. Like you know, <laughs> exactly. what I mean? like whatever. Um, I was on Mike Tyson's podcast and uh, we had said something. There's two different perspectives, right? I don't like seeing people in my rear view. Like, I want to be so fucking far ahead. I'm like, what's that little speck over there? Oh shit, that's the next jeweler or whatever it may be. Okay, cool. Fuck, let me let me fucking smash. Let me keep going. I'm not about to pull over and take no breaks, nothing. And then there's Mike Tyson's perspective where he's like, yo, man, it's good to see those motherfuckers in the review, right? Even if they're close, because they know where they belong. I just don't like motherfuckers creeping up, you know what I'm saying? Like, boom. So but you just kind of pay attention. And once you become self-obsessed, you don't worry about nothing else or anything. You know, you just... Does anybody want to put on blast? I don't do that, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, bro, you're really a fuck. You're actually completely different than I thought, man. I, yeah. thought, I thought in some of your mannerisms and some of the videos, you can't really go by something. And I meet you, I'm like... This guy's actually like a fucking really decent, nice guy. Like, <laughs> kind of, kind of bothers me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Too nice, man. Um, no, I was, one I was, yeah, I was trying to figure out what we we're gonna talk about, but well, I, had, I had like a list of things. I mean, basically, for the most part, whether you've said this a hundred times, where you said it, I don't know how many podcasts you've done, real podcasts you've yeah. done. My listeners, I want them to act as I want you to act as if they none of them know you. Yeah. And that's the best part about this: that you are so deep into this that it's a fucking, not just a passion, but it's a science and it's an art at the same time. Like, you know what I mean? Yep. Like you're deep into this shit. You said it right there, the first thing, deconstruction. That's breaking somebody down. That's the blueprint. That's smashing, that's fucking demolishing a house. Boom. All right, you're going to fucking dig down, go deep. All right, we going two stories, three stories, what are we doing? And, you know, you go all the way to the end. How are we going to get modern? We'll get what this? Um, the last question is for anyone who gets on this show. Anytime anyone gets on the show, I always ask them, I said, is there something you'd want to ask me? Or is there something you'd like to ask me? Question would be. <laughs> Can find anything, dog. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess what's next? For me? Yeah. Oh, bro, I, I've already said it. I'm on my exit plan, fam. I'm, I'm ready to be. I'm right. done. Right. I'm ready to drink water. I'm actually, listen, man, I'm actually no bullshit. When I retire, I'll get back in shape. Like 10 years ago, I was ripped. I was in fucking some of the best shape of my life. I played college football, college basketball. I was like strong. I'm, dog, I'm the weakest I've ever been in my life. I will still smack the shit out of buddy. I could probably give somebody about maybe like, if I can't fucking kill you in, in a minute and 10 seconds, bro, and it, you got a good chance of fucking, or I'm gonna shoot you. But I mean, I can still do certain things here and there, but I mean, literally, 
it's pathetic, bro. Like, I'm, <laughs> like, like I, I couldn't even fucking do 40 push-ups, you know, in one row, I'm saying. Like, it's just, I need, my next is getting my health in order again, getting my physical shape in order. And then that would actually maybe help a little bit my mental. But right now, I'm just, I'm eating good and um, I'm, I'm taking care of my family most important than anything. And people are like, well, health is wealth. You want to be here for your kids? And I do. And it sounds fucked up. And I don't want this to jinx myself later. Be like, oh shit, Ben died 10 years later. Boom. You know, he said this about this. It's not that. I want to be here as long as I can. And I think one thing that my mom said to me, she's like, remember Ben, the good die young. You're going to laugh for fucking ever. You're going to be suffering. You're going to be fucking old man live forever because you're a fucking bad. <laughs> my mom always says to me because I'm always such a fucking bad person. I was in, getting in trouble all the time. But what I mean is, Jordan Belfort, who's going to be on my show, The Wolf of Wall Street, is going to be on my show. He said, he goes, I've been a rich man, I've been a poor man, and I'll take a rich man a hundred times over whatever. And it's not necessarily that, because I think that some people are broke, but they have a broke mentality. And that's what the, the bad part about it is. It's that, um, I, I don't want my kids to, 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 I know they should learn about hard work and certain things. And and it's two different things. There's guys who work on the side of the freeway or the guys who, you know, who work really hard in the factory and then there's people who work really hard at doing something, but at the same time, they don't know how to make a dollar. You know, they can work out, they can work their bodies, have six packs, whatever, blah, blah. They don't know how to be successful. They don't know how to do other things. I just want my kids to eat right, man, and just be, and then let it happen to their generation. They can't figure it out with their, themselves, the kids, whatever. I just don't want to see them struggle, man. It's just, that's yeah. the thing with me. Yeah, no, I think it's the same. I mean, for me, it's making sure they find their passion and like love what they do. And, and as lame as it sounds, People say, I just want to be happy. Man, you know what? <laughs> Bro, ain't nothing like hearing your son laugh and really joy. Just be happy. School, you know, at school when he sees his friends, they're playing tag, whatever the fuck it may be, or any kind of thing. I just want my kids to be happy. I wish that upon anyone else. I want everyone to be fucking happy, you know? Even if I'm a miserable son of a bitch and I'm fucking mad and whatever it may be, really I'm not that mad. I just talk shit. But um, listen, man, that's it with my man, shoe, shoe surgeon, God damn, never had a problem fucking saying your yeah. name before, man. But listen, Dom. You see these? Oh, shit. Hold on. He brought us some shoes. Let me see, man. He brought me some shoes yeah, for, for Soul DXB. If you guys are in Dubai. I know I have, I have some listeners in Saudi Arabia and in the, in the UAE, United Arab Emirates. Um, I'm going to be in Dubai. Soul DXB, I believe, is 6th and 7th and 8th. But, yo, let me see these motherfuckers right here. He brought me some, brought me some crazy shits. Holy. Fresh. Motherfuck. Chris. These are fucking ridiculous, bro. These are fucking disgusting. He brought, yeah, man. All white. Dog, white on white, Python, Air Force Ones. These motherfuckers are so fucking filthy. Even, man, bro. Thank you so much. Yeah, dog. for sure. <laughs> I appreciate you, bro. Yeah, my man just brought me some shit. I can't wait to fucking bust these out. And, I can't wait to post these motherfuckers, man. Yeah, those are dope. So, y'all, listen, man. We'll be back. Uh, yo, Miles, yo, Jordan, man. Throw on some of that Lakey Lake, and uh, everyone else, we'll be right back. Yeah, man, we're back. Uh, Christmas is getting close, and not even just Christmas, man. The fucking end of the decade. Didn't even think about that shit, really. I didn't really think about it until, like, my wife had mentioned to me it's actually the end of the decade. And I was like, oh, shit, you know? And uh, I do want to get some top lists out. Fuck, I just got to figure out what it's going to be. It's going to be the top chains. Uh, I still want to get my car episode, all the cars I've owned, um, my top 100 films. I'm not going to get into rappers yet. I'm, and you know what? I'm not, I don't know if, you know... Actually, I won't even talk about that shit. But Christmas is getting close. Uh, speaking of Christmas, I had to buy myself a couple gifts. Listen now, my wife could have got me some gifts, but I didn't want to wait just in case shit was sold out and whatever it may be. So I had to cop that ready-made bear brick. Uh, shout out to my boy Dave over at Maxfield and my ready-made fam. Um, the shit was five bands, you know, but it was a gift to myself. The shit's already selling for 8000 I already know at a certain point it's going to hit ten to fifteen, So I already made my profit. Uh, triple times profit if I want to get rid of it later. You know, it's that big boy toy shit. Um, speaking of uh, Bear Bricks as well, my Baccarat Bear Brick came in. If you know about Baccarat, fine. Fucking, uh, I wouldn't say China. What the fuck is it? Uh, it's like glassware, um, decanters, all that fancy ass shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Them, them whiskey fucking and them tumblers and stuff and all that super fly shit. And um, I have Baccarat fucking glasses in my liquor cabinet and stuff and all that. 
But the Baccarat Berber came in and I didn't know, I thought it was gonna be like a little 100%. And the shit was like 300 something dollars, whatever. So I was like, all right, you know, cool. I wasn't tripping. Shit was 200%. Motherfuckers, heavy as fuck. It's so fucking sick. It looks crazy expensive. You guys, I cannot wait to get this vinyl toy going that I'm working on with, with my boys from DesignerCon and uh, 3D Retro Store. Um, I, I just can't wait to get this shit going. Plus also start my 1000% with Medicom. Officially gonna get that cracking soon for sure. It is a beyond long time overdue. Um, this motherfucking police sirens going on in fucking Dubai. What the fuck's going on over here? By the way, the police don't fuck around here. CCTV everywhere. Again, I didn't, just let me tell you again, if you stay at a hotel here, the Four Seasons is cool. You know, Nikki Beach is dope. There's a couple of spots, but the fucking address or the Armani Hotel, the address or the Armani are definitely the top two. They just, they ain't, they ain't fucking around over here. Six-star luxury accommodations. And uh, it just smells like money over here. Everything smells the fucking same. Um, the mall is fucking crazy. So if you ever come to Dubai, you know, go check out the fucking mall. Fashion Avenue is nuts. There's nothing like it anywhere else. I mean, I haven't been to Russia and I haven't been to Kuwait. But I will tell you, like, if you go other places, you get Beverly Hills, wherever, especially in America, no way. And even in Asia, you do have, like, stuff in London, like Harris and stuff. But I'm talking about, like, just the presentation of the high-end, just super high-end designer shit. It's just crazy as a motherfucker. Um, I will be in Vegas uh, next week for MJ BizCon, for the MJ BizCon show. Speaking of uh, marijuana and cannabis... Um, no, I did not bring no VVS pens out here. This is a place I don't fucking even want to play at all whatsoever, especially since I'm getting a legit bag out of here. I'm not trying to play with people out here. Um, I am going to try to get the Jungle Boys on the show. And, uh, you know, they got the biggest fucking cultivation thing going on right now, plus they're from Los Angeles. So, you know, I got to show love to them. I still want to get my man Kenji on here. Uh, I want to get my boy Burner on here and maybe get Kenny Powers, maybe get Jigga, get some real OG, real OG fucking weed heads on here. Um, right after MJ BizCon, I'm in, back in LA for a day and then I'm off to San Francisco for the George Lopez HBO special. He is recording at the Warfield. So, you know, if you out there, come holla at your boy. I'd be out with my boy Paul, you know, uh, Blue Whiskey, aka Popcorn Player. I have no fucking idea. For him to have that name is just the fucking stupidest fucking thing. I hope Paul hears this. He's just fucking lost his goddamn mind. But anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast, man. Yo, this last episode on the weekend rap was fucking crazy. I already know. You guys sending me all kinds of crazy ass fucking DMs about me getting shot and the shit was nuts. And again, if you leave a five-star review, leave a question in the Apple podcast section with the five-star review, I will answer your questions. Always remember, I practice this shit on a regular basis. I practice the fact that this is not your practice life. We are signing out from Dubai. The weekend rap will come, and the weekend rap will come from Dubai. Just know my name is Ben Baller, not Ben Humble. Lakey Lake, what's good, bro? All right, y'all, we out.